Hey mama, and welcome to the Restful Mama podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Dakota, homeschool mama of four, including twins, Marine Corps veteran wife, small business owner, and firefighter wife. I love Jesus, tea, and all things holistic. You'll find anything from meal plan ideas to health tips to good old-fashioned mom hacks here. So get cozy, grab your favorite drink, and let's get started. Hey mamas, thank you for hanging out with me today. I know it's been two weeks since I've put out an episode. Y'all, it's been crazy. I was super sick two weeks ago and so I just knew that I was not going to have the energy to put an episode out. And then this last week I had so much going on and had a surgery and so I've been laying low trying to heal but I'm excited to finally be back at it. And y'all, I'm really excited about this episode. And it's actually like perfect timing because I think most people have gone back to school this week um, or are going back soon. So today um, I'm going to have my friend Anna on who is honestly the perfect person to talk about schooling and homeschooling with because not only is she a new homeschool mama, but she is also a prior elementary school teacher in the public school system. So she's got a whole lot of perspective, and I am so excited to just kind of dive deep into the pros, the cons, all the nitty-gritty, and uh, yeah, so let's just jump into it. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hi. I'm so glad we're doing this. Me too. It only took three tries, but we're here. <laughs> Third time's a charm. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's just life. Um, okay. So anyways, uh, do you want to tell listeners like a little bit about you, your story, your background, all about Anna? All about Anna. Wow. <laughs> How much time do we have? much time as you need baby uh well since this is revolved around schooling I will share the background with that um but my degree is in early childhood development and I taught in child care facilities for four years um Mm -hmm. and then wanted to go into public education because I was having my first child and I really wanted to be home more than what I could with working in early child care yeah. So I went back, got my teaching degree, and went into public school. Ugh. I did. <laughs> Can we tell how the tone of this is going to go? <laughs> I taught second grade math science for a year, and then I did third grade reading, writing, social studies for four years. And now I'm out for good, and I will never go back. Yeah. Well, okay, so tell me about the never go back thing, because I feel like there are so many teachers that I've seen on social media, in the news, whatever, that are like, and they're good teachers, and they're leaving the system. Like, what is going on? Why are so many teachers leaving? There's, there's a lot of variables involved in it. Right. And, oh, man. It's, it's a lot. But this year was called the mass exodus because it's not that so many teachers retired. It's that so many teachers left the education profession altogether. Right. Um, 
I mean, public school enrollment for students is down like 1.6 million. So parents are fed up with it too. But yeah, um, COVID had a lot to do with it because so many things changed in public school those two years. Yeah. Um, we were expected to, you know, rise above and do our best and still teach in the weirdest circumstances but we're not in any support with it um it was buck up or shut up pretty much yeah yeah Um, and you know we have there are teachers who don't use a lot of technology in their classroom because they weren't raised with it they incorporate as much as they can Mm -hmm. uh, to their ability but you know, telling a 50-year-old teacher who just knows how to use her Promethean board and computer to all of a sudden, hey, you got to do Zoom online, you got to do everything online, you've got to create mm-hmm. these websites and use these programs that we've never used before, have fun, you know, they're right. going to shut down mode. Um, and the laws with public school are different for every state. Here in Texas, it this you know the saying the squeaky wheel gets the grease right the loudest people in the room get what they want and unfortunately that is not what the majority want anymore Mm -hmm. um no child left behind screwed it up a lot because all it did was push through everybody no matter what problem they had yeah um i worked at a title one school so that means over 80% of the students lived in some form of either government housing or um, lived off of government funding. Um, right. I know my school itself, it was in the 90, I think it was 93%. You know, all of our students were on um, the free and reduced lunch and breakfast program. They didn't have a lot. Their parents worked two or three jobs just to scrape by. Right. But they don't so many of those kids because their parents live to scrape by they move around from school to school because they go wherever the next best apartment leases right Um, and so there are a lot of gaps we get kids who I got kids in third grade who were reading on a kindergarten level and their parents are like well why are they failing and it you go to you put them through this process called sit and it's, it takes them through the process to see what they need help with, what resources we can provide. Do they need to go to like a resource classroom for extra help or do they just need a little extra support in the classroom? And you end up doing that for about half of your class. Oh, wow. And it's exhausting because it's yeah a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of documentation. Yeah. And then it ends up being this kid has to go this place for this amount of time and this kid has to have this and this kid has that and you have to document all of it. And we're just, so much is expected of teachers and so much is thrown at them with very little support or reward. Right. And And teachers are not in it for the money in any way, shape or form. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and I feel like from an outside perspective, I mean, we've never, done the whole public school system obviously like I was raised in it so I have that perspective Mm -hmm. um 
but I feel like it's changed so much from like an outsider's perspective, even from okay. when we were going to school. And it just feels like it's sort of a broken system. Like it, it's, it's almost like, okay, let's put all of these 30 kids in one classroom and expect them all to progress on the same exact level when that's just not how kids develop. That's just not how kids work. And so I feel like a lot of these kids are labeled as like troublemakers and are, you know, behind or whatever, when in reality, it's just, they're not on that level as every other, you know, kid. I mean, really no kid is on the same exact level. Um, But I just, for me, that was a huge thing for homeschooling because, you know, the twins are autistic. And so I just felt like they're just going to get lost in the system. Like they're just going to get shuffled around and, oh, sorry, too bad. Like you need one-on-one help. Like we can't really give you everything that you need. And I just felt like I need to, I need to be in charge of their education. So what I'm curious, like what really was the, the deciding factor for you to pull out and homeschool your own kids? So I district that I grew up in from, you know, elementary through high school. And what? I, I didn't had, know that. Yeah. I had a really great public school experience for the most part. I mean, I went to a really great elementary school and middle school and my high yeah. school wasn't the best, but I had a really great foundation to it all. Um, and so I had this expectation that that's what it was going to be like and I get into it and it is just like I don't want to say the worst of the worst but (laughs) it was nothing like how I was raised in it all my teachers were so fun and we were very interactive with everything I remember um we used to not get the whole week of Thanksgiving off. We used to just get that Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So on Monday and Tuesday, they would do these like around the world activities for us. Yeah. Um, everyone would dress up like pilgrims and um, Indians and every classroom would have their own activity. Like one of them was literally shucking corn. Oh, I love that. It, it like it sounds weird but you know when a bunch of little first graders are all together in the same classroom shucking corn dressed up like pilgrims and indians we're like this is the coolest thing in the world yeah i mean we did the same thing growing up in my school like we would dress up we did all these fun arts and crafts and themed things and yeah it was the same for yeah, me that's not, th- that's not a thing anymore oh my gosh really yeah. And so that, that was kind of a low blow for me. That was, I was like, oh, those were some of my best memories from school. Yeah. And then a big part of it was my oldest, she's five. So, it's, and she's got a mid June birthday. So we always knew for her, it would be a hit or miss of shit, which she would either be the youngest in her class, depending on where right. we started. Her. And she had a lot of delays in the beginning. And my husband's brothers struggled really badly in school Mm -hmm. and so talking with them I was like I never ever 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 want my baby to be the one who's struggling for the next 12 years of their life that's that's not fair to her right 
And I knew as a teacher that I was going to have a, not a target on my back, but my kid was going to have to have like a certain, there was a certain, there's certain expectations for teachers, kids. Right. They're, they're definitely expected to, you know, be smarter and be the best behaved and all that. Right. Because how dare one of our children be the problem child child or have (laughs) some type of delay or whatever. Right. And so a big, a big part was I I didn't want to put her through all of that because I saw day in and day out, kids try their hardest. They want to make you proud. They want to meet your expectations. And sometimes they're just, it doesn't click because they're not ready yet. Like their brain development just isn't. And I would tell them all the time, you know, oh, we all learn at our own pace. It's okay. You know, their parents are like, why isn't my kid doing the best? And I'm like, because they're kids and sometimes it just hasn't clicked yet. And that's okay. It will click. Right. Right. Then, of course, we have admin breathing down our neck of why is it so-and-so performing? And why? Why do your numbers look so bad? Why isn't the data adding up? And no, 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 no. I'm like, because they're kids, because they're eight years old. Right. Because we expect eight-year-olds to act like 25-year-olds and it's not fair. Yeah. It seems like the expectations for kids, like the younger and like they're getting younger and younger, but the expectations are like as if they were older and older. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't understand that. I don't either. And Teachers who have been in it for ever, like one of my team members is in her mid fifties. And so, you know, she, she always talked about how she was a dinosaur and (laughs) she's taught for many years in many States and countries. And she's like, every year I just feel like it gets worse. Yeah. But that all of, all of that combined and then all of the political drive into schools Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. government input I was like I can't I can't do this I cannot I cannot have my child suffer through all of this right well and it it, sorry I didn't mean to cut you off but I was just gonna say that like it seems like the there's a lot of agendas in Mm -hmm. schools right now and it didn't I don't know if it was like that when we were growing up, but it didn't feel like it was like that. And I just feel like society has changed so much even since we were in school. And I, I agree with you. I was just like, "Mm, no, like this just doesn't feel right for my kids. Like, I don't want them to be struggling. Cause like I said, like with the twins being autistic, I was like, "Mm, this, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. I feel like they're going to get lost. I feel like they're going to be expected to, perform at a certain level and then they're going to feel like they're failing and I don't want that for my kids so high functioning oh (laughs) I think I think I lost you there for a second no I'm still here oh it was just like robot voice Oh, funky. <laughs> so I was like, wait, what is happening? I'm like, so, no, I sorry. Okay. So, I know. I'm like, it says connected. What's going on? Um, so, okay. You were saying because the twins are so high functioning. They're so high functioning. They would 100% fall through the cracks because people would be like, oh, they're not really yeah. autistic. They don't fit that quote unquote autistic stereotype. Right. Yeah. I can see that. 
yeah, it's, I don't know. There's a lot of reasons why families choose to homeschool. I feel like it's never just like one reason, but I feel like that was a main driving force for us was Mm -hmm. I just don't want them to be feeling like they're failing and falling behind. And I just, I wanted to be in control of what they were learning and exposed to. And I wanted to have like a hands-on approach to their education. And the only way you can do that is. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean, a huge part of it was seeing these eight and nine-year-olds have smartphones, TikTok, Instagram, Mm -hmm. Snapchat, like all these social media apps that they should not be because uh, there's no yeah. regulation whatsoever and doing these dances and challenges and hearing some of the things they said I'm like how do you know what that is I didn't learn that till I was college and right. so that that's, itself, that's what I, I don't like, understand. Oh, I, I was like, I can't have my babies exposed to that. I know they're going to hear things right. that are going to shock me and be like, oh, I didn't want you to learn that yet. I know that's going to happen, right. but definitely not a decade before it should happen. Right. And it's really concerning to me that I read a statistic somewhere that like the average age that a child right now is in, in our society is exposed to porn is eight. Eight. Yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> that is so disturbing to me. And I, I remember like friends telling me about like kids in kindergarten with like iPhones. And I'm like, why in the world does a five-year-old, six-year-old need an iPhone? Mm -hmm. And you can't control everything that your child is going to be exposed to when they have a smartphone. And so it just gave me all kinds of like heebie-jeebies. And I was like, "Mm mm-mm. Like, I don't want some kid pulling up something on their smartphone at lunch and my kids being exposed to it at an age that's just really not appropriate. Oh, the stories I could tell you. Oh, gosh. I know. I mean, you've told me a few, you and, and I'm like, well. <laughs> it's so disturbing. That was um, a really big one. Because, I mean, even at eight and nine and 30, the sexual gestures and the innuendos, I'm like, why do you even know what that is? Right. Right. And and why is it okay? that, that Why do they think it's okay to do something like that at school in a public area like and and it's also I mean a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're not mature and so again they should not be exposed to these kinds of things because they don't know what to do with it like why should they they're children (laughs) so there's just a lot that I have used with you know as far as like what kids are exposed to the the agendas the you know, lack of God in schools now, like it's, they don't even, a lot of, I was hearing that a lot of schools don't even say the Pledge of Allegiance anymore. No, mine did. And I think it's because one of our assistant principals was military. So Mm -hmm. she was, she was very big on it. Um, 
And I, that was one thing I respected about her. Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot of schools that don't say it. I mean, we also, you know, we say the Texas pledge too, and other states don't have their own pledge. That's true. (laughs) That's true. I just, because I have very vivid memories in elementary school of like lining up outside and like over the loudspeaker, everybody, like literally as a school doing the Pledge of Allegiance. We also did it in our classrooms though. Mm-hmm. Like every classroom had a flag. Yep. And I I feel like we've just sort of lost that as a culture and society. And I know every state is going to be a little bit different. Um, but from a lot of the stories that I've heard, it's like, you know, the American pride has left schools and the, you know, God has left schools. Like it's like, well, in California, it's like a dirty word to say God, which is why they were fighting to take the pledge of allegiance out of schools. Oh, that's sad. Because it's one nation under God. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It's just crazy to me. Um, But anyways, so you chose to homeschool this year and this is my second, technically my second year homeschooling. We kind of did like a preschool thing, but I don't really count that because we didn't do like a formal, you know, curriculum. Um, But so far, I know like you literally just started, but what is your favorite part of homeschooling so far? The freedom of time. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've really had to untrain myself. I have to, I had to get out of the, the teacher mindset, even though I am their teacher. Right. A, a parent is always their child's first teacher though. Absolutely. So I had, I had to get out. Oh, I'm a, I'm a public school educator mindset <laughs> of right. a classroom should look this way and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, no, cause this isn't a classroom. This is our house. This is our playroom. This is our dining room right. table. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's it's hard. Like I'm not even a I was never even a teacher, but having grown up in the public school system, yeah. I had this idea of like, okay, so I need to replicate school but at home. And I've learned that that's just not what homeschooling is about. But it's <laughs> it's so it's so hard to like retrain your brain or like unschool yourself. Yes. To like relearn things and honestly like to just chill out because I <laughs> I was like so uptight about having to like basically copy paste yeah to our home and I was like wait no 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 it's <laughs> not how it needs to be but yeah I can I can definitely relate to that well the other morning it was, I was doing like a read aloud with them and I did read alouds every single day in public school but, you know, the kids all sat on their carpet spots and, you know, crisscross applesauce, spoons in your bowls. And so I was, I have these like two poofy chairs and I'm like, okay, sit in your little chairs. And they're like, okay. And, you know, after a couple of minutes, one of them ended up on the floor and I'm like, okay, go back to your chair. And she's like, no, I want to lay here. I'm like, no. Right. And then I was like, wait, why can't she lay here? She could totally lay here. She's right. still listening. Who cares? Right. Well, and even for us, like I, I do read alouds not as much as I should, but I, I need to do them more, honestly, to be honest right there. Um, but when I do, my kids get restless. Like they are really rambunctious boys that like to run around and wrestle and it's hard to get them to sit still. And so 
for the longest time, like they would get up and like walk around or go do something. And I'm like, Hey, 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 hey sit down, sit down. What are you doing? And I had to like remind myself that even if he's walking around or coloring, he's still listening. Yeah. Like they are soaking in way more than we give them credit for. And I just had to tell myself it's okay if he gets up and he walks around or honestly, it's okay if he just like goes off and does his own thing in the corner but he's just, you know, doing something quietly. I'm like, it's okay. It's fine. Like I had to just chill out with like trying to get them to sit down and same thing with like doing our workbooks. Like the, I would like, okay, sit your butt down in your chair and like have your, you know, desk in front of you and sit all, you know, up straight and whatever. And my kids would sometimes like want to climb up onto the table and like (laughs) sit on the table and do it or like lay on the floor and the carpet and I had to really retrain myself and like, okay, it doesn't really matter where they're sitting down and doing the work. It's just, they're doing the work and they're comfortable. Yeah. See, that was me. Like I'm even in school. I was the kid who was like sitting on the floor at church. I do that. I sit on the floor with my Bible and my notebook and, or I'll lay down. Like I sit on the counters all the time at home. I remember when other kids, parents would get mad at me for sitting on their kitchen counters. And then, of course, my kid does it. I'm like, hey, sit your butt down. And then I'm like, oh, wait, (laughs) pot calling kettle black. Right, right. Yeah, no, same for me. Like, absolutely the same. Like, I would lay on my stomach with my feet in the air, like kicking and like drawing or writing or whatever. And I will like yell at my kids for doing the same thing. But I'm like, wait, what am I what am I doing? Like, I used to do that. And it's. I, it's fine. Like they're learning exactly the same thing. Why does it matter if their butt is sitting in the chair? And I feel like this is where I realized like how, I don't want to say brainwashed really, but like yes. how much the public school system affected me on, on a deep level. Like one yes. that I didn't even think about. It was just like, I mean, it's 12 years automatic. of being told, sit your bottom in your chair, put your feet on the floor, right. the paper no talking, sit up straight, don't lay your head down. We don't sleep in class. It's like, oh, dear Lord. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and then even into college, like, it's the same thing. Like, sit down, shut up, you know, listen to the lecture, take your Mm -hmm. notes, and then leave. Like, it's literally the same thing for 12 plus years, depending on if they go to college. And so it's, yeah, it's definitely a retraining um, process. But with that being said, what is the <laughs> hardest part of homeschooling for you? I, so my five-year-old had delays and mm-hmm. I assumed because of these delays and because she's so much of a chillaxed homebody that yeah. she really wasn't ready for kindergarten. And my three-year-old is very smart and picks up on a lot of things that were like, oh, wow, you're you're, you're a lot smarter than like an average three-year-old. So I assumed that my three-year-old and five-year-old could do the exact same curriculum and it was going to be easy breezy because my five-year-old's a little delayed and my three-year-old is like up there with her. That is not the case at (laughs) all. (laughs) My five-year-old is a lot more ready for school than I thought she was. And she has taken it and run with it and has been a part of everything and wants to do extra things. And my three-year-old is like, I just want to be a three-year-old and run around and play and do nothing. 
right. that you want me to do. So we sit yeah. down with their little workbooks and I'm like, okay, we're going to do like, what was it last week? Oh, they were tracing the, le- we were learning the letter R. And so in their little workbook, they were tracing the R and my three-year-old takes the big crayon and just like scribbles all over the page. She's like, I did it. I'm done. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. Awesome. Yeah. And of course my five-year-old's like, you're not doing it right. We're just, oh we're, we're going to roll with it. Yeah. Oh. So that's yeah. been difficult. So I've looked more into just letting the three-year-old just kind of hang out and listen and absorb, but yeah. not have the same expectations for her because she is like, she literally turns three on Friday. So right. I'm like, okay, you just, you chill, you be here, you learn. Right. Well, and like the beauty of homeschool is that you have literally their entire childhood to teach them and it's not even like I think we often forget that like learning is not just in school like it's they are constantly learning all of the time literally you cannot stop a child from learning no so her even being exposed to your five-year-old like doing school she's still learning things yeah whether or not you know she actually does the curriculum you know she's still learning yeah we have a we have a key lime tree in the backyard and my mom made guacamole tonight and was like you have a lime. I was like, "Uh, no, but we have key limes in the backyard. You can go grab one of those." <laughs> so she grabbed a couple and made the guacamole and of course they're these teeny tiny limes. So my girls are like, "Ooh, baby limes. I want them." Yeah. And 3-year-old's asking my sister, "What is this?" She's like, "Oh, well, it's a key lime. It's smaller than a regular lime and it's a little bit sweeter. So that's why people use them in desserts." And I nudged my mom and I was like, look, she's literally like homeschooling her right now and doesn't even realize it. Right. Yeah. That's the thing. Like we, I call it like, um, like car school because like we'll be driving and the twins are like notorious for just constantly asking questions. We're like, Wes and I can't even keep up. We're just like, uh, what, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> like I don't, you're asking more questions than I have time to answer. So like we'll be driving and they'll be bored. So then they'll just see something and they'll ask a question. And like it, they're just always learning. And even if I don't know the answer, I just say, you know what, buddy? I don't know. Why don't we look that up when we get home? And, yeah. and I, I love that, that they, they have that like curiosity and that spark for learning. Like we'll come home and they're like, oh, can we watch like a, a nature show? And so they'll just get sucked into this like Nat Geo wild like thing about jellyfish or you know starfish or something random and they're just soaking it all in and they're just loving it and that's part of that's another reason why we wanted to homeschool was because I did not want to snuff out that love of learning and I remember being so excited for kindergarten I mean so excited I was like ready to go to school I was ready to learn And by the time I was in like fourth or fifth grade, I pretty much hated school. And I, it just got worse. Like the older I got by the time I graduated high school, I was like, Oh, thank God. Like I'm free of this prison. Like I, I just didn't love it. And I feel like a part of it was like the, the public school system like snuffing that out you know oh yeah they do well so 
now they, yeah. they social studies is not a subject in elementary school it's not no it is <laughs> Sorry. like wait it's, what they give all their focus to reading and writing there is no mm-hmm. like set aside time for social studies anymore it is all integrated you legally only have to teach social studies in the state of texas for 45 minutes a week oh wow so that's i did not that's know a, that that's a big part of the problem because like in my like social studies covers so much I mean the word right. social is in it a lot of it is <laughs> social skills right it's geography it's history it's like it's so many things that when I'm doing something with my girls I'm like they would have never learned this in public school right unless I had done it with them well and you have that like in-depth you know, knowledge of the public school system. So, I mean, you would know better than anybody that like they wouldn't have learned that in public school. And I feel like, I feel like the hardest thing for me though, with like homeschooling is never having a break and (laughs) constantly feeling like, I mean, I think every homeschool mom is going to have that moment where they're like, I can't do this. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I am not equipped to do this. I'm not qualified. Like, what in the world am I doing? Like, are my kids going to suffer? Like, I will every now and then have, like, all of these feelings flood in. And typically, it's when I've overworked myself or overbooked our schedule. But I struggle a lot with the feelings of being good enough to homeschool or, honestly, even just getting into a good rhythm because I mean, you know, I work from home. So trying to integrate my work with their school and a lot of time I feel like their school gets put on the back burner. And so trying to juggle like a schedule and rhythm for our day has honestly been the most challenging thing for me for homeschool. Whereas like if you send your kid to public school, you don't have to think about it. I mean, you just drop them off. They do all they got to do, and then you pick them up, and then yep. just easy breezy here, be here at this time, pick them up at this time, and you don't have to think about it. Um, whereas homeschool, obviously, a lot more lands on your shoulders because you are the teacher, <laughs> like you are the one in charge. But so, you are honestly, closing those gaps without realizing it, like you, when you do your car school. Yeah, yeah, and and see, like I will give this advice to other people, right? But like <laughs> actually listening to myself is a whole nother ball game um I'm really that's good. everyone's downfall yeah right I'm really good at like saying the ideal thing of what I'd like to do or you know oh this is totally fine it's totally normal but then like in my head in the back I'm like wait I'm not doing a good enough job like you know you should be doing more or are you really qualified to homeschool <laughs> like where honestly like when you really think about it though I feel like parents are the most qualified to teach their children because we know them the most intimately. We know their strengths. We know their weaknesses. We know how they learn and what they're interested in. And I feel like that's such an important part of homeschooling is being able to be that kind of educator for your kids. Because when you think about it with public school, 
yes, the teacher does get to know your child, but like how long does it realistically take? Mm-hmm. And if a teacher doesn't have a good relationship with your kid, right? They're not they're not going to take the time to love on them and figure everything out because there's right. 30 other kids that they have to do that with. Right. And then after 9 months they go to the next grade and that teacher never sees them again. Right. Well, and also too like I feel like it doesn't matter how great the teacher is because I mean, I have a ton of friends who are teachers or who are prior teachers and they are sweet souls. They care so much, but they can't, I mean, realistically, they cannot pour into your child the way you can, because like you said, they have 30 other kids and it's literally impossible for them to give them that kind of attention and one-on-one time that they might need. And, and I personally put up a wall. I didn't. Yeah. I come from a family of teachers and I saw how they were worked into the ground. Mm-hmm. And everyone told me, you know, put your family first, put your family first. Okay. Well, for me to put my family first, that meant that I could not form this deep bonded connection with other kids before my own. Right. Yeah. That, and that's got to be hard. It is because some of these kids you just fall in love with and they come from rough homes and you want to take care of them and you want to help them and fix them and do everything for them. But at the end of the day, I mean, every teacher will tell you, like, you know, they talk about their class, like my kids, my students, my children, but they're not, they're not, they're not my children. And I do have to put my children first. Right. Well, and I think as a mom, that's probably even harder because, like, you have that this nurturing, like, I want to take care of, you know, children, you know, mindset, but you can only do so much. And also, too, I, I mean, I know from stories that you've told me, it's like teachers have like their hands tied behind their backs, it yep. sounds like. Oh, yeah. And you literally can only do so much. And I feel like that's. I feel like that's hard for especially kids who need more of a connection or an adult, you know, a positive adult. um, What's the word I'm looking for? Influence. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, brain went blank. But yeah, (laughs) like that's, I don't know. It's hard. Um, But on another, on on another level too, like, I don't want to say that like, oh, if you don't homeschool your kids, you're doing it wrong. Because there are, like you said, so many circumstances where parents don't have a choice. Like they're working two, three jobs and they don't have the opportunity to homeschool or, you know, they live in a rural area and everybody just goes to this one school because there's no other options or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it may be. It's not that like all school is bad if it's not homeschool. It's just a lot of public schools seem to be having the same issues lately and I just want to like throw that out there though like if you're a mama listening to this and you do love your public school like you're not doing it wrong it's just a lot of people I've noticed have decided to pull out and like you said especially from when like the pandemic started Mm -hmm. I feel like it opened a lot of parents eyes to what could be like I I know for myself I never like grew up thinking that I was going to homeschool kids never once was it 
even a thought in my mind, I was always like, I'm going to be that PTA mom. I'm going to make cute little lunch boxes and I'm going <laughs> to write little notes for them for when they're at school. Like I never in a million years thought that I would be homeschooling. And I feel like I thought all the ter- stereotypical things about homeschoolers. Right. So did I. So did I. Because like growing up, I feel like we did not have a lot of homeschool people that I knew. No. And you always had this thing of like, oh, they're just socially awkward and they're weird and they're like, you know, whatever. But it's so funny. It's kind of ironic now because like now I'm so passionate about homeschooling and I'm like, you should look into homeschooling. Have you ever thought about homeschooling? <laughs> <laughs> and these parents are like, wait, what? <laughs> like some of my friends are like, okay, chill out. Like it's, it's fine. Like we get it. You like homeschool. Um, yeah, the most common question is, well, how are your kids going to be socialized? And I'm like, they're going to yeah. talk to people. Um, yes. <laughs> how were I, you socialized? I don't. <laughs> right. Well, what I think is funny about that is it's discouraged in public schools. Like, yes. sit down and sh- be quiet. Yes, be quiet. Don't talk. You know, like, you whatever. Can talk and at so, recess. Right. And so I'm thinking to myself, like, so really, though, like, what's the difference like I mean you're telling these kids to be quiet and sit down so what are they who are they socializing with besides in the hallway or at recess and I also feel like we kind of forget as a society that like our kids don't need to interact with just their grade level like just their peers like them being able to carry on a conversation with an adult is important and being able to be around kids who are older than them is important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was only, honestly, when you think about like education and the history of like, it was only recently that we even put kids in grade levels. Like we used to, it used to be one schoolhouse, all grades, everybody went and there was one teacher like, and teaching kindergarten to 12th grade. Right. Just, all of everybody together like you've got like these 17 year olds with these six-year-olds like everybody is learning together and interacting and being social together and I honestly feel like that's how kids learn best though because they're learning from these older kids but they're also having this opportunity to teach younger kids Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I love about homeschooling um I recently just started a wild and free um group uh, up where I live and there's I mean there's no age limit anybody who homeschools is welcome so like you could have a high schooler and we could have like a kindergartner and we're all just hanging out doing a nature study or going to the library or a hike or something and I just I love I don't know I just love the dynamic of it um but anyways I know that you are so new to homeschooling but having had your teacher background like what would be your number one piece of advice for a mama who's like thinking about homeschooling or who's decided to homeschool but hasn't quite started yet like what would you what would you tell her oh a big one for me was just just to start I didn't I I felt like because of my background in teaching, I had to have, you know, all the little pieces together. I had to have 
the perfect curriculum and all the materials and all the books and the like we we work out of the playroom and the breakfast area and all like all the little areas needed to be set up perfectly and it just kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and I was like you know what (laughs) screw it like we're we're just gonna start right so I guess my advice would be don't overthink it and just do it do whatever do whatever feels best for your family right well and I agree because I like you kind of get caught up in these like Pinterest worthy Instagram accounts that are like beautiful and they have all these colorful resources and like everything is so perfectly organized. And I mean, it's absolutely beautiful and it's definitely inspiring, but it can also cause you to think like, Oh, well shoot, I don't have that. So I must, I'm definitely not ready to start because I, I don't have half of that. And in order to be successful at homeschooling, I definitely need that. And the reality of it is your kid doesn't need all these fancy, you know, resources and curriculums and and all the things. Like, they literally just need you Mm -hmm. to be passionate about teaching them. And they have to have that fire in them to learn. And that's really it. I mean you could go outside and do a nature study and like collect sticks and like, you know, like it doesn't have to be complicated, but we kind of overcomplicate things. I feel like as homeschool moms, I think it goes all the way back to like what you were saying, because you grew up in public school, like not that we were brainwashed or indoctrinated, but we kind of were right. We have this certain expectation of what we think school is going to be like. And so we try to replicate that at home because that's all we know. Right. Not that it's easier for people who were homeschooled to homeschool, but I think they have a totally different mindset. Right. Because they're like, oh, this is what I grew up with. This is so right. This is just what you do. I feel like they have a leg up in the sense that like they don't necessarily have to unschool themselves because they never were put through that system. So they kind of already have an idea of how it's supposed to flow or like how it's supposed to feel. And meanwhile, we're over here like, wait a minute, (laughs) am I doing this right? Um, Also too, I would say like my biggest piece of advice is to not compare yourself or your kids to other homeschool families. Like, yes, there are a thousand and ten ways that you could homeschool. I mean, even just like styles of homeschooling, you've got Waldorf, Montessori, you've got classical, you've got eclectic, you've got, I mean, so Charlotte Mason. I mean, there are a ton of different styles of homeschooling and then even within those styles there's like different you know tweaks on how people do things like some people do morning baskets some people don't some people do I mean there's just I mean there's so many ways that you can homeschool and no way is right or wrong it's just whatever fits your family and I feel like that took me a long time to learn because I would see these Instagram accounts of you know homeschool families And without even realizing it, I was almost trying to replicate that exact thing Mm -hmm. in our home. And I kept wondering, like, gosh, why is this so hard? Like, why do I feel like I'm failing? Like, this is just not working. I'm so stressed out. 
I'm so anxious. Well, it's because I was trying to force something into our daily routine that just didn't really fit our family. And I was almost trying to conform us to somebody else's, you know, style of homeschooling and forgot that I just need to develop my own style of homeschooling. And I feel like that's kind of hard to do. And it's a lot of trial and error. You got to, you know, figure out, okay, well, that worked and I love it. I'm going to keep it or nope, that was crash and burn failure. Not doing that again. (laughs) Well, you and I got the good and the beautiful curriculum. It's a great curriculum and a lot of people use it, but it was not for us. No, because my daughter was not picking up on it. I was like, man, what am I doing wrong? Like I suck at this. I can teach other kids 24 seven, but apparently not my own. Right. And then whenever I changed to the year of learning or the year of tales, it was like, she just, she took off with it. Like it was made for her. And I was like, okay, right. (laughs) I'm doing it now. We've got this. Yes. I mean, we had a very similar experience with the good and the beautiful for us. Like I heard such rave reviews, have personal friends who use it and love it. And so I was like, well, okay, I'm going to try this. Like everybody loves it. I'm going to try it. My kids hated it, (laughs) which, which made me hate it because I was trying to force them to do something and they were getting so frustrated. And I can't even tell you how many meltdowns we had because they just weren't getting it. Like it just didn't make sense to them. And it didn't make sense to me. (laughs) Right. I know. I was like, this seems a little like chaotic and random, but we're going to go with it. And like, maybe this is part of the unschooling process. I just don't understand it yet. (laughs) Right. And like, I, I am like too cheap to like toss something that I paid for. So like we went through it, like we finished it, but I was like, thank God that's over. I am never doing that again. (laughs) Moving on, please. Like, And then so we, well, since we're talking about curriculums, I'm just going to talk about what we do. We switched over to master books and I love it. My kids love it. We love it. Um, I love that it's very like God centered. It's Mm -hmm. just very easy to follow along. Like they literally map out day to day, like a recommended schedule. And it's not like, you know, live or die. Like you don't have to do exactly what it is, but I love that it's already mapped out for me. I don't have to put any thought into it. I can just be like, oh, day one, we're doing this page. Like, <laughs> you know, it's it's very easy. And the kids love it. Like they're short, digestible like lessons. Like it's not overcomplicated. It's not super long. It's not, you know, overly difficult. Um and so we love Masterbooks and that's what we use. And we also do like a mixture of um like little unit studies. A lot of them I've gotten off of Etsy or even just created them myself, to be honest, like my Easter curriculum. I was going to say, you made one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because I am actually also thinking about doing a Christmas one and almost like every, every holiday one, just because it's, it's fun to, to create something that is kind of, no, I mean, it's not just unique to my family. I had a lot of friends who bought our my Easter curriculum and loved it. But it's, I can put everything that I want to put into it. And I know my kids will enjoy. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And we kind of just 
go back and forth between master books and then like bringing in unit studies like just the other week actually we were doing um our master books science and they were talking about amphibians and frogs and snakes and you know all these different um animals and insects and so i pulled out a unit study that i had uh, about frogs and we did like a little frog dissection and I mean, the kids loved it. It was so much fun. And it was, it was basically just like a supplementation to master books. And so that's just what's been working for our family. Um, and like, again, with homeschooling styles, there's a thousand curriculums out there that you can try, but we, so for now, like, this is what we love. Um, and so like, what are, what are, what's the curriculum that y'all are using? We're using a year of learning and it's her, it's her year of tales. So it's the, it's geared towards like preschool, pre-K, kindergarten. Right. Age group. And, yeah. And so have y'all thought about like, I mean, I'm sure you have every homeschool mom does. Cause we just <laughs> like to think ahead. Um, but have you thought about like what curriculum y'all might want to try for like uh, you know, like an official kindergarten year? Yes, because this curriculum is only 26 weeks. And I know that, right. uh, like we talked about, you know, nothing in this curriculum is holiday based. So, you know, right. around Thanksgiving, we can stop doing this for a week and do all the fun Thanksgiving, like find us like a supplement one, like you were talking about. Right. Um, and do that for a week and really dive into the, the actual holiday. But yes, mm-hmm. I, cause you showed me the boys' master book stuff, and I loved it. Yeah. Yes. So I know I, everybody, I'm like, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I've started, I have on my iPad, uh, in my OneNotes, a list of different curriculums that people have talked about. And I've slowly, like, looked into them and either nixed them or been like, yeah. So my husband grew up going to a private Christian school. Mm-hmm. Um so he had the leg in the private Christian school. I had the leg in public school. And my very first year teaching, I... so I was like, okay, we've covered all the bases. We know what it's like in public, charter, and private. Mm-hmm. And we still were like, nope, best option is homeschooling. Yeah. <laughs> and as much as he loved his private school and it was small and quaint and wonderful for the time that he was there, they used a Becca curriculum. And oh so. When we started looking into everything, I was like, do you have any, like, hard no's? He was like, no, Abeka. I was like, okay. Sir, got it. <laughs> we will not right. touch Abeka. And then homeschool people that I talked to, they are like, well, if you don't like Abeka, you're going to hate Saxon. So don't do Saxon. I'm like, okay, Saxon is out. Got it. <laughs> right. So then we, uh, I was talking to my chiropractor. And she was giving me some tips on homeschooling and whatnot mm-hmm. and she gave me I forget the name of it I I know it's like a really simple name too but it's like sing read and write or sing song read and write or something like that my girls right. love music yeah they are their they are their father's daughters and could listen to music and play music or some instrument all day 24 7 yeah so I'm like okay that's one that like we could really consider it's a K through 12 program but Mm -hmm. every review I read said like hey after second grade it's kind of like nix it right 
because it's very childish. Right. So I was like, okay, well, for the first, for those first two, three years, while they're actually learning to read and write, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I'm all for that. Um, So we looked into that one. We looked into master books and I really like master books. And then my chiropractor told me, and she's been homeschooling her children for like 19 years. Right. Um, She said one problem that she sees that a lot of homeschool parents make is while we have the luxury of choosing whatever curriculum we want for our kids, people hop back and forth on math curriculums a lot. And when we do that, it can create gaps. Yeah. And your kids just lose out on certain things because the curriculums handle it differently. And so she was like, you can find a curriculum early on for math that you absolutely love. Stick with it to the end. Right. I was like, okay. So she recommended math, you see. So math to me comes very naturally and easy. Oh, see, no, not me. Mm -mm. Nope. It does not for my husband. Give me a calculator and talk plainly to me. (laughs) I'm like, oh, like math is so easy. Duh. And he's like, math can go fall in a hole and die. Yeah. No, that's me. And Wes is like, oh, I got this. (laughs) I'm like, okay, crap. Like, it's realistic to think that one of our kids is obviously going to be like, I hate math. Math sucks. Right. So I'm like, okay. I've got a lot of time. I need to find one that we love and can stick with and everyone can teach it. Cause even mm-hmm. though my husband works full time on the days that he always has like a random day off during the week, right. when he's home, he wants to be a part of it. So I'm like, okay, I, I got to find that. something that's dummy proof for you. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Can we just like pause real quick and do like side note for all of the homeschool dads who are involved and actually want to help educate their children like y'all are rock stars and (laughs) we love you (laughs) my husband's like very naturally gifted with geography like yeah to look at maps for fun yeah weirdo (laughs) (laughs) i'm like hey where's that place we went to that one time that was by that statue (laughs) yeah He's like, oh, over at this intersection by this road in this place. I'm like, sure, that sounds great. <laughs> right. So I'm like, or my favorite that is stuff, like, that's you. Yeah. Well, and my favorite is like when Wes is like, oh yeah, like it was like south of the highway, and I'm like, yeah, which way cool. is south? You want to like give me some landmarks here because I don't know where I'm at. So <laughs> it's like that hunter gatherer thing that's innate in them. I'm yeah. like, that's a man thing. I didn't get yeah. that. It's so funny. I'm actually good with reading maps. It's like where I am in position. Like if you tell me to face north, I'm going to stare at you like you have three <laughs> heads. And I'm going to wait for you to tell me which direction is north. Yeah. I'm going to be like, hold, please. Let me pull out my compass app real quick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like where am I facing? Where am I? Um, anyway, sorry. Tangent. Okay. So he's good with geography. He's good with anything history social studies related in general it's yeah. a quality in him that i quite love right so i'm We're like all right. he's in a pod he and i because i'm an american history major so well, i'm, like, I'm all about go, man you yeah. do all that <laughs> um, i'll teach him math i'll teach him to read i'll teach him to write you do all the other stuff all right <laughs> i was not good at science either so, and he is oh. gifted in science see i'm good at science too 
Um, I loved science. And meanwhile, like, you know, your husband said, you know, it can, math can go fall in a hole and die. (laughs) It's not my friend. Um, whereas like Wes is all about math and he's really good at science too. English, on the other hand, you ask him to write a sentence and he says, no, thank you, ma'am. Um, (laughs) he is not a writer and he is not a reader. Whereas I love to read. I love to write. I love the history and the science. And he's like hardcore math and science and like hands on stuff. And I'm like, cool, bro. Like that is all you like. I'm tag team for math because I, I no, not for me. Um, the only reason I passed geology and astronomy in college is because of my husband. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's it. So, you know, what's funny is um, early on when Wes and I were uh, first married, <laughs> he used to have to do these like classes for the Marine Corps. And a lot of like, you know, he'd have to do like maybe some writing or whatever. And I feel like the only reason that he got those finished was because of me. I was like, (laughs) babe, no, no. Rewrite that. That's no, no. (laughs) So like it became a thing where like before he would submit anything, he'd be like, hey, babe, can you look at this? Yeah, I got you. Don't worry. I got it. I feel like (laughs) that happens with more couples than not. People just aren't willing to admit it. My yeah. husband hates reading. John will like, yeah, this pains me to say, he'll like happily throw a book in the fire. Oh no. And oh, I'm like, we have heart. to keep all the books. I can't yeah. tell you how many times we were in school and we'd be at his apartment and he's like, oh, I have to read this chapter for Texas history. The man loves history. I'm like, okay, read it. He's right. like, how about you read it out loud to me? I'm like, oh um, my God. <laughs> I'm not taking this class. I don't want to read about abigail adams thank you very much yeah, right <laughs> what's the same thing i would He's still like, lay well, there and read it to him right of course because you know that's just what we do but <laughs> wes would do the same thing he's like well can you just read it to me i'm like dude you got two eyeballs i know you know how to read uh-huh. but he hates reading and he hates writing and so I, but honestly i feel like that's sort of how we're perfect as a couple because we can give this like really well-rounded like experience for our kids in homeschool because he can be super passionate about you know space or science or math and he knows all these random facts whereas I'm like what and then (laughs) they can come to me and I can do all the reading and the writing and the history and I feel like they're not getting as many gaps that way because there's not just relying on what I'm good at or what I'm interested in. It's what we both can bring to the table. Well, and then you don't get frustrated because you're not going on the struggle bus again, trying to teach something right. you don't like or don't understand. Right. He's filling yeah. the gap for you. So it's like, oh, okay, thank God. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I had so much fun talking about homeschool because I could talk about this forever. Um, <laughs> and I'm, it's a miracle that we got through this podcast. Y'all, we, I have never had this many technical <laughs> issues in my life when trying to do a podcast, but we made it. Okay. So we, but be- we-, <laughs> we made it to the end. Um, but before we go, I ask everybody two questions. The first one being, what is something you're loving right now? And it can literally be anything. 
anything oh, in the okay. world. Like not homeschool related. No, it could be anything that you're loving right now. This is going to sound really weird. And Everybody key- says that, but it's never, it's never that weird. Okay? It's going to be like low-key pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Lay it on me. I have been loving my planner. Oh my gosh. Oh, girl after my own heart. I love my planner. Okay. Tell me more. I like, I bought one. I splurged and bought one from Erin Condren and I used to love her planners when I was in college. Yeah. And I've just been having so much fun with all the different colors and highlighters and stickers and washi tape. And I'm like, oh, 30 minutes of me time. My husband's like, really? You're doodling in a planner. I'm like, leave me be. Yes. Yes, I love my planner. I I actually also have an Erin Condren um, planner, and I I love it. And I love that you can personalize it, and all the stickers, and like you said, all the colorful highlighters. And my little like OCD tendencies are so happy when I can just make my planner so nice and pretty. And yeah, oh my gosh, you took something off my to do list, and I'm like, yes, life is good. Yeah, it makes my brain happy. Okay. Um, and the second question is, what is one way you're implementing rest into your daily routine? What is rest? Um, because, you know, all us moms are so great <laughs> at rest. So, well, I will say my children are beautiful unicorns and still take naps. You know, so. I'm, I'm angry at you for that. <laughs> Even my five-year-old, like today she took a two and a half hour nap. I was like, oh, heck yeah. What? I I don't know what that world is like. I it's a whole new world. It's a whole new world. Yeah, no, I I don't I don't comprehend because let me tell you about napping in our house. It doesn't exist. Okay, my kids liked to drop naps before they were one and a half. Oh okay. no! So <laughs> I don't even know what that world is like, but it's got to be magical. I mean, their world is about to be disrupted when their brother comes, but. Right. That's true. I mean, they're, they're good. They're good little unicorns. So when they, (laughs) when they nap, I actually like, I'll take a nice hot Epsom salt bath for 20 minutes and do like my Bible study or something. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, or, you know, like eat without someone climbing on top of me, wanting my food. It's a luxury. It is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a luxury. Mom, I want some of yours. Well, the more kids you have, the harder it is to come by these luxuries. Yes. So why do we I, keep popping them out? Yeah. I can't help it, though. <laughs> like They're really cute. I, just, I love them. Like, drive me crazy, but I love them. Um, yeah, that's that sounds magical. Meanwhile, I'm over here having to set an alarm for like 6 a.m. to make sure that I can get up before my kids if I want to have five minutes. Or I hide in my closet like right now. Oh, oh me too. Me too. It's okay. <laughs> or I just, you know, lock myself in my closet while I record a podcast episode. Every mom um, has done it. Every mom has done it. On the regular for me. Okay? No shame. Because sometimes you just need to lock yourself in your bathroom and pee in peace. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Sometimes it just needs to happen. Between dogs oh. and children, you deserve yeah. to pee alone. Yes. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna cut us off here. I feel like we could just talk forever. But That's thank better. you so 
much for joining this with me. It's so much fun. Thank you for having um, me. I feel so yeah. special. Oh my gosh, we have to do this more often. Uh, without the technical issues, maybe next time. But That would be great. Yeah. So for anybody who wants to follow you, get in touch with you, like where can they find you? The gram of Insta. Oh, my favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> what is your handle? <laughs> I can't with this episode. Okay. We are literally so close. Like, okay. What is your instagram handle at anna underscore Irwin 116 and Irwin is like the crocodile hunter i love that <laughs> if you don't know who that is i'm so sorry yeah i mean who doesn't know who that well i guess kids that they're like you'd, you'd be surprised younger than us wouldn't know you know just feeling old it's okay yeah we're, we're getting to that point they're like i'll be like Irwin, like the crocodile hunter and they're like who yeah <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that hurt. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, I had so much fun doing this podcast and uh we're going to have to do this again. Yes, please. All righty. All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Hey, y'all. Thank you for hanging out with us during that interview. Honestly, there were so many technical issues with this episode. So give me a break here with the editing. Um, It just kept dropping for some reason, but we made it through. And y'all, this is real life. Okay, let's be honest. Like nothing goes according to plan. (laughs) So thank you so much for hanging out with us today, talking about homeschool and all of the things. If you have any questions, like always, feel free to reach out to Anna or I, and we would be happy to talk about this stuff. I could literally talk about homeschool forever. And if you are liking this podcast, uh, do me a favor and like, subscribe, you know, leave a review, a rating, all of that good stuff. And I will hang out with y'all next week. Talk to you later.